Glory, glory. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. We love you so much. You know, you can do that so easily when your heart is with him. And when your heart is, he's first in your life. And I don't mean fake stuff. I mean real stuff to the point where you, you're at home alone and you're saying, God, I love you so much. I give you my life. I give you every part of me. And I love you with all my heart and soul and strength and mind. And my husband knows I love the Lord more than him. <laughs> it's the truth. And he loves the Lord more than me. <laughs> it's first place. But he's got to be that way or it's hard to do that. I'm serious. I'm saying you've got to stay full of God. And you've got to be sincere with God. You've got to spend some time with him. He's a real God. And he'll start to talk to you. Some of you, I saw you much more enthusiastic in the past. But that shows don't let the world things and all the all the busy stuff and the distractions of, of the world, what's going on in our government and all that stuff, don't let it take you away from God. And that's what has happened to a certain extent. A lot of, a lot of this is a distraction. Much of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Roe versus Wade, even that, that leakage, you know why it was? It was because, uh, because what, what was it? Was There was a, what? Say it. Turned about the midterm. Yeah. They know that there's several yeah. seats and the stuff that are going to be overthrown. That's so what it so is. they it try to go and do things to revive their don't, base. Don't get all wiped up about that stuff. God is God is in charge. But if you let him be in charge, otherwise he's not, he not he can't just do things. He looks at the heart of people and those whose hearts are pure toward him are the ones who are going to be taken care of. You can be seated. In fact, that leads me into this, and this was from Kenneth Copeland's ministry. I had it out, but my phone, okay, here it is. Five reasons that you are exempt from the supply chain interruptions. You know, even the supply chain thing. You know what? We haven't had any trouble with that. I haven't had any trouble with that. Is anybody else? A little bit with our garage door. <laughs> but I, I think it was because the wind was blowing 30 miles an hour and it was way below zero. <laughs> okay, so let, let me... Um, we've all heard the reports. Supply chain bottlenecks around the world have caused record shortage of many products that American consumers are used to having readily available, including household goods, electronics, and automobiles. To name a few, experts have warned that problems will get worse before they get better. Don't pay attention. Here's what the where are the lines drawn. We are not subject to failing economic times. In fact, we don't just survive during times of famine. People who follow the Lord thrive. But I'm serious about the realness of your hearts. You can't fake. That's why I got out of, denom I'm serious, <laughs> got out of, <laughs> and yeah, religion. <laughs> 
You will laugh. It actually says in Job 5, 20 to 22, he will save you from death in time of famine. You will laugh at destruction and famine. The world will always tell you you have the same limits they have, but we're separated from the world system. You have to shake those things off <laughs> that try to rise up and put limits on you. Take the limits off because God is more that he wants to walk in. He wants you to have your bills paid in full, full living in a debt-free home with debt-free cars because he does not want you to be indebted or to be the servant of other people. Pastor George Pearson's recently shared from the word of God why we hear five reasons, not number one, but see, there's always conditions. Number one, you are a tither. And you've got to trust God with all your heart. And he'll see that you'll be protected. I am telling you that's 10% of what your income is. Don't be afraid to do that. Because, I mean, we have above that. See, see that that shows there's fear in you about it. I mean, you can tell when somebody ties and when they don't. But, I mean, that's up to you. But, but it, I'll tell you what, these are whew, times of, you know, what's coming, severe food shortages. You'll, you'll always have enough, but, okay, if you are a faithful tither, you are exempt from the supply chain disruptions. Inflation and any other economic turndown, that's because tithing is the open door to the blessing that is going to meet your needs, bless you, and keep you prosperous. The devourer can then be rebuked for your sake. Don't be afraid. That means, that's in Malachi 3.11, that means he can't touch your money, your possessions, or your family. You have supernatural protection. Number two, the windows of heaven are opened over you. Malachi 3.10. God is talking specifically to tithers in the verse. The windows of heaven are open over tithers. God says he will pour out such a blessing you won't have room for it. And there's no tag like unless your economy is bad. There's, that isn't, that isn't, it doesn't say that. Or only if, if the world is doing well. Don't put those tags on it. Praise God, you are not subject to the times. The times are subject to God's people. We're living in a different kingdom. That's what I've been preaching on this earth. And it's the truth. See, when, I'm, when I say something, I'm believing it with all my heart. Tither's rights cover every economic situation. They put you above and not beneath the economy. No recession is going to shut the tither's windows of heaven. Not even something as severe as the Great Depression. The world is subject to the, hey, my uncle, I saw him live that in the Great Depression. And, and because he was my dad's brother and my mother and his wife were sisters, <laughs> he helped us. We had four kids, he had one. But, but he was a millionaire when he was 30 years old and went to the third grade, my uncle, in the Great Depression. That would be way back before that. But what he did was he helped the farm and he bought up almost all the land. For them, he had two businesses going, a well drilling business in a, and I am not saying that, I'm just saying, 
what I saw was my mother taught me to always be generous to the church. I mean, they were in a denomination, but she would say, just don't tell anybody. But you know, did you, you see those, the organ and the bells up there? We paid for it. <laughs> but don't tell anybody. <laughs> so I never did. <laughs> there, were, there were just things that she, you know, when she would tell me, and my uncle was very generous to the church, even though it was a denomination. <laughs> but so God still sees the heart. See, when the devourer comes to steal your money, your seed, your job, and your possessions, you have the authority to put a stop to it. So when lack tries to come in your life, you say, no, you don't lack. If you get laid off, you say, Lord, where's my better job? Show me where to find a better job. I never go without. I am prosperous. I am blessed. I'm a tither. And the windows are open. But see, if you're not, you can't say that. <laughs> Number two, you're a sower. I'm going to, uh, you know, uh, maybe I'll say these. You have a covenant of prosperity is number three. There's a lot more to say about it. God is the source of your supply. And I've seen him do it in our life. The camels are coming. Isaac lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. Okay, so <laughs> Richard Roberts, when we were in Marietta, he, he preached that sermon, the camels are coming, and they're coming loaded with stuff for you. Isaac, that happened when Isaac, when his future wife arrived, arrived, but and see, there was a time of famine, and it says that Isaac sowed in the time of famine, of severe shortage, and he reaped a hundredfold. He reaped, and everybody else was starving, but it's because he sowed. So, see, the camels are coming loaded with stuff. <laughs> Richard, it was funny. His sermon was, was wonderful. <laughs> I remember. But the camels, see, the camels are coming. They're loaded with all kinds of good stuff for you. <laughs> I wanted, okay, the reason I'm, I, I'll maybe read these off and on. Okay. <laughs> okay, this was a prophecy to our church. And I'm going to say this, the same thing I said when the speaker was here. Did I say it? I don't know when I said this. Anyway, everything we have in this church is paid for. So I'm not asking you to pay off the building, to pay off the parking lot, to pay off the chairs, to pay off the, the utility bill, which is always 2000 3000 almost 4000 in the winter. I, mean, I never, it's paid off. It's paid. So this was it. And you know why? Because we're givers out there. We Okay, do not be afraid, says the Lord, of what the world cries out for. You keep your eyes on me. There is no recession or inflation in heaven. My word has not changed. My arm has not shortened. And it's funny that that, that because I kept saying to God, I kept using that scripture to pay off this church. That time it wasn't paid off yet. But I kept saying, God, your arm is not whacked short that it cannot bring us all the supply that we need. You said if this is your work, if this is really your work, that you would supply everything we need. And he's doing that. My arm is not shortened. That's a scripture. Right now, I don't know where it is. That it cannot and will not supply. I continue to look to and fro throughout the whole world to those 
to show myself strong to them, to move in their lives in great and unpredictable ways. But I am searching and I am looking back and forth, and you as a church qualify. That was a prophecy given to us 2008. And you've chosen to stand your ground and to take me at my word. We believe his word and my spirit. Therefore, good things in favor and financial surplus in abundance shall overtake you. And as others dry up and shrivel up by the vine because of a lack of nourishment, and get this, a lack of intimacy with me. So you will flourish as a church, flourish and blossom like never before. In seasons of famine, spiritually speaking, and, and physically speaking, all around you. It shall not be so for you, for my angels are at work, and they are surrounding you and moving forward in assignment to create for you stadiums of favor. <laughs> and it came to pass. That whole thing came to pass, and it's still coming to pass. But you know what? You've got to have intimacy with God, and you have to not be trust what he says in his word about giving. You've got to trust him with all your heart. Amen. So, okay, ushers, I should have told you to, as one part I would give. <laughs> so we don't even want your money, but I want you to be blessed. You to be blessed. <laughs> In fact, Ken and I give, oh, I say, no. Well, yeah, we give above the tithe <laughs> to this church. Okay, anybody need an envelope? Well, since everything's paid off, we don't have to give. No, <laughs> no. I'll tell you what, it's for your own benefits. Because when you give into, okay, when somebody would get on the radio, and I knew this when I was a baby Christian, and they'd say, I'm going to go off the air, I'm going to go off the air, and I'm not going to be able to give or to preach to you if you don't give. I don't give to them. I'll give to somebody who's a multi-built zillionaire like Kenneth Copeland because the blessing is on him. And that blessing comes back to you. You give to a place where it's blessed. Not that you shouldn't help people and help. We help the poor all the time. We give I got, I'll show you the checkbook from the church. Benevolence. 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 Help with utility bills. Help with food. Help with, with you know, getting the car repaired or whatever it is but but or yeah or you're you know maybe you couldn't pay something most people try to pay back eventually but we give but we also give to missions and we give to all over for all the broadcasts of Nancy Dufresne because that is bringing in souls all the souls that anybody gets where we give that'll be to our account also because we gave to them. And you gave to us, and we gave to them. And we also tithe as a church besides that. Amen. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. So, Father God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Your word never returns void. Your word is true. You are not a man that you should lie, nor the son of man that you should repent and say, oh, well, I didn't really mean it. You know, <laughs> I didn't really mean that. No. 
You said in your word, have I not said it and will I not do it? Have I not written it and will I not make it come to pass? Yes, you will. And so, God, I thank you that you bless everything, Lord, that you bless all those who are giving this day, Lord God, in the precious name of Jesus. And you are our God, you are Lord, you are first place, and you supply all of our needs according to your riches in glory. See, how many riches in glory do you have up there that God looks at and keeps saying, oh yeah, okay, he blesses us, amen. Okay, Welcome to church this morning. We are so happy to have you. To all the mothers out there, happy Mother's Day. You can go ahead and put that slide up and we'll go through it kind of quick today. We will have a lot to get accomplished in the spirit and we are so excited for today. So happy Mother's Day. We are so excited for all of you here today. I know I like skipped all the way to the end. It's okay. So um, I'm just going to give a few announcements. Uh, if you have a cell phone, make sure to shut it off. Um, we don't want it disrupting service. And then um, no food or drink in or no food or drink other than water in the sanctuary. And then um, make sure to check out uh, our bookstore. We have all of that going on. We, you can order a CD or a DVD. Today's going to be a power pack service, so come expecting. But with that, if you'd like to order a CD, just grab one from the information booth and take it back. Yes, children, you can all be dismissed. Go ahead, Octavia, back to class. Um, and then we have coming up here, uh, we have coming up here Reverend Lonnie Hilton, Pastor Lonnie Hilton. He is coming next Sunday, so make sure to mark your calendars if you haven't already. We are so excited for him to be here. Um, it is just one service with him, so come expecting for that. Um, and then later on this month, we have Dr. Michael Jacobs here from May 22nd to May 25th. Yes, woo, hallelujah. Uh, this is a Sunday morning and a Sunday night service, and then the rest of the services are evening services, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Mark your calendars for this. This is going to be some great power pack services, and we are just super excited for them. Uh, invite a friend. Um, he deals a lot about uh, deliverance and uh, angels and demons and things of that nature. He has a lot of revelation behind all of that. So praise God. Pastor knows just who to bring in. And then just all of our regular services. Services this week. They're all the same this week. And then we have two birthdays this month. Miss Sherry just celebrated her birthday. So if you didn't get a chance, praise the Lord. If you didn't get a chance, go ahead and wish her a happy birthday because it is a blessing to have her in our lives. And then the same, because Miss Mary told me, of course, I've got to tell you the same age, just a month younger Miss Mary, both of them turning 75 this year. So we are super excited for that. Her birthday's at the end of the month. Make sure to celebrate her and wish her a happy birthday. Um, that is all the announcements for this morning. Uh, so if you just turn to the side, bless someone as our pastor comes up to the service. Okay. Hello, everybody. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Okay. Well, um, you know, my, my Proverbs 31 uh, sermon, God wouldn't let me bring it today. <laughs> but, 
So I was kind of struggling yesterday. Okay, God. But I think he wanted me to tell you this. We'll see how, how it goes. <clears throat> it was like three different sermons. But the very first one was, and it's going to be really short, that in all of this, we're going to talk about children and mothers, but also, you know, those of you who may not even be married or don't have any children, you have spiritual children. They could even be your spouse <laughs> or whatever, or somebody that you talk to or friends or, and so forth and so on. But the biggest thing that he told me to tell you was that you have to forgive. In anything that's said today and in everything, forgiveness is huge. Go to Mark eleven twenty five. 25. I've got so many scriptures, but, but we won't go through. You know, I've talked about forgiveness so many times uh, in the past. Not for a while, though. Um, Mark 11 and 25 and 26. And you know what? I just thank the choir because they sing in spirit and truth. Because you've got to sing. <laughs> and they're coming from the spirit because they love God. And they sing truth. There's a lot of songs out there and a lot of them on the radio, I'll even tell you that, that are not truth. And they get into your spirit sometimes. Anyway, just you have to be careful. After, when you read the word, you start realizing it. Okay, so anyway, verse 25, it says, okay, out of the King James, though, when you stand praying, forgive. You know why? Your prayers won't work. <laughs> if you have aught against any. That your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. And, um, you know, your, your prayers really won't work. And I, I'm I, I felt led to say this, too. It's even someone who has maybe gone from the earth. You may even have to forgive someone who's gone. And maybe you've done that already. But when you're, you're holding on forgiveness, you can't really develop. Because it's a sin you are presently doing. You're even sleeping with the devil. He can, he's, he, he, have an, he has an entrance into your life to cause things wrong. Even Ephesians, it says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. And it's telling you that for a reason. Don't even let the sun go down. Okay, well, you can't, you know, you're actually chained to that person. And bitterness can come in. It could be somebody that's dead. That's what I'm telling you. And it's like taking poison, hoping that, the, that your enemy will die. But you're the one dying. And it's huge. Now, you say, well, see, most people go by feelings with forgiveness, you don't go by feelings with God. You go by faith. Okay, 1 John 1, 9, out of the King James. And some of the scriptures I'm just going to quote. If I confess my sin, God is faithful. He is just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. He restores me back. 
You know what? Faith does not go by feelings. Faith is not what you see, hear, or, or feel. That's not faith. Faith is trusting in God. Same with, that would be the same thing as tithing. You have to do it by faith. And believe that God's word is true. He's not a man that lies. He's not a liar. And, uh, and see, and even giving above that sometimes, even if it's a dollar, you know, okay, but all right, back to, back to the forgiveness thing, because stuff doesn't work in your life. Well, how come that per person gets blessed? You know, there was a, a Kenneth Hagin story. Oh, I just thought of it. He, he said that, that there was this family that they always came late to church. They always came. Once in a while, they come. Once in a while, they didn't come. You know, and maybe once a month, maybe once every three months. And this other lady was active in the church. She was working in the church. Yeah, she, she would always do everything and be on time and be at the church. But she was holding unforgiveness in her heart. And, okay, she had some kind of something wrong with her. And she couldn't understand why she was never healed. And then her, and I think these people were actually related to her and they came, you know, they came and right away they got healed. And <laughs> the Lord told Kenneth Hagin it was because they forgave instantly. They always forgave instantly. But see, you do as, as an act of your will in faith. I forgive my dad for raping me. I'm, I'm being real dramatic here. My dad didn't rape me. But I, but I mean, some of you, it may have happened. Or, you know, stuff going on. And that's a hugie. It, you, you, okay, I forgive as an act of my will. God, I'm asking you to take away the bad feelings that I have. You know, maybe they're dead. Doesn't make any difference. That unforgiveness can bring bitterness. And it talks about, talks about it in Hebrews, it can bring bitterness, and yet it's like you have a chip on your shoulder with people, and you know, and ugh, you know, it's, it's huge. Just say, God, you said in your word that if I confess my sins right now, I've been holding unforgiveness for so-and-so, and I can tell because every time I see him, I want to run away. <laughs> and or I don't know, you know, whatever, whatever. And well, they did, I could never forgive them. They murdered my daughter. That speaker that's coming next week, he was telling us about uh, uh, somebody, a woman who went, uh, this guy raped and murdered his, her daughter, her only child. <laughs> and, um, and later on, she forgave totally, completely, went to visit him brought him to the Lord and he asked he got out of prison and he asked if he could if he could be her son <laughs> and now he comes to help her like a son all the time this was actually on the like uh, world news <laughs> it was a few years ago see that's the way we have to forgive it's huge it's absolutely huge ugh I could tell you so much more about that, but uh, I just, you know, that I think that's enough. <laughs> Forgive. Forgive. 
Just all you have to do is say as an act of my will in faith, I forgive that person. Then start saying, oh, God, they're so wonderful. I forgive them. And they didn't, you know, just every time you think of them in a bad way, every time you see them and you still want to run, okay, just, just say, oh, I forgave them. I forgave them. If you keep saying that, it gets in your spirit. And someday you'll see them and say, I don't care anymore. <laughs> As an act of your will. Okay. So he told me to talk about children. <laughs> And remember, you may have spiritual children. But do you know that your children are in your heart? And you carry your children in your heart the same way that God carries you in his heart. Because he does if you're his children. And you know what's going on. You know what? You can get to a point where if you're spiritually in tune, you know what your children, there's something wrong. Even if they're 5,000, 10,000 miles away. I think about my daughter, your mother, how she, she was in uh, Italy? No. No, uh, she was France? <laughs> well, wherever it was. Greece. That's it. Thank you. You're always right, Stephanie. You are. She always... <laughs> it was Greece because Greece does not like Americans. This was way back, though. She's in her 50s. This was when she was in college. Anyway, and, and she had rented a, a, a moped, you know, little bike to go to an art museum, which she loves, and she, uh, she left the keys in it. <laughs> Sounds like your mom doesn't. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she's very intellectual. She's a doctor, but when it comes to practical, she's... I love her, though. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so, okay, so the police came. They called the police, and the police said, you sold it for money because you're a rich American. See, and they're trying to get money off of her. And, you know, she, well, at first, they didn't say anything to her, and she went to a hostel, and in the hostel, right next to her was a lawyer, which she didn't know. Well, at 3 a.m. in the morning, the police came to arrest her and put her in a crummy jail. And they're bad ones there. And, um, and then she's a young girl, <laughs> you know. Um, and she heard, she was like screaming. She got really emotional. And the lawyer, they heard him, and uh, he came out there. And he saved her can <laughs> by what he said to them. And she was not arrested and put in jail. But the point behind this was my other daughter, her sister, who was only 10 months younger than her, 10 months and 10 days. <laughs> and she, um, she said, Mom, there's something wrong with Patty. Something's wrong. Something's really wrong. And this was before it even happened because we checked. And she said, we've got to pray. And so her and I prayed in tongues uh -huh. yeah. a long time. Yeah. And we prayed, and, you know, we did not know, and that's what it was. Yeah. And maybe that lawyer would have never, yeah. you know, wouldn't have been there. So, so I want to tell you what. You can pick up stuff if you're spiritually keen and you're following the Lord. Yeah. 
You've got to follow the Lord. You've got to be intimate with him. You, can, you have more fun. You have more joy. You have more everything. <laughs> See, but if your children are hurt or lonely or toying with sin and getting off track, whether they're doing right or whether they're doing wrong, God's mercy hovers over your children because of your stance with God. Actually, this scripture I want you to put up, and it's uh, Isaiah 59, 21. And this would be out of, there's, uh, well, Amplified. Okay, so I'm just going to read it to you right now. As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with your children, with them. My spirit, who writes the word of God in your heart, and my, my, let's see, I can't, read. oh, my words, which I have put in your mouth, shall not depart out of your mouth, or, I've got, I've got it really scribbled here, or out of the mouth of your children, or out of the mouths of your children's children, says the Lord, henceforth, thou and forever. I may have said it a little different, but it's because you've got a blood, you're born again, you've got a blood covenant with God. And you, you use that blood covenant and use this. I might have quoted it different than they have it there, but sometimes you can take these as prayers. Another one is... Uh, Psalm 103. Now, I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures to say over your children. Psalm 103, 17 and 18. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting to them that fear or reverence him. And his righteousness to children's children. But then it says, to such as keep his covenant... And to those who remember his commands to do them. Okay, you know what? Plead the blood of Jesus over your children. Remember that guy who pleaded the blood around the property? And the rabid foxes died right on the property line. They couldn't get to his children when they were playing in the yard. Plead the blood. All of this, though, is because your heart is really with God and you're not playing church. Don't play church. Don't be, don't be fake. Be real with God. Just try him out. He's wonderful. <laughs> our grandchildren are even, and our great-grandchildren, and great, 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 to eternity can be covered by the blood covenant with God. I pray for them already. I don't know how long, the, but I say, my, my grandchildren to eternity. <laughs> See, everything he give to us, he'll give to them if they receive it. All the protection we have is passed on to our families. And if you're a believer and you're willing to trust God for your deliverance and salvation of your children... You won't be disappointed, but you've got to trust him. Just like trusting him with the tithe. I am not kidding. It's a trust. See, maybe it could be some of you might not even know where your children are. 
you know, right now. Maybe they're in another city. Maybe they're laying in the streets. Maybe they're doing drugs. Who knows? I mean, you know, maybe nobody in here that's true, but you don't know. See, this scripture says when you rejoice in the Lord, not when you're depressed or, or well, okay, it was Zechariah 10, and I didn't, didn't uh, really read all of it. I was trying to save time here. Zechariah 10, actually 7 through 9. But in part of this scripture, it says when, let's go there. <laughs> Zechariah 10. <laughs> I went, God, you, you want me to give me all of this? We'll see how much I get into the other one. Zechariah. I know where you are. Zechariah tipped. Okay. Seven. Now, this would be... Okay, this is talking about Ephraim, but you can take anything out of the Bible, and it is a scripture because it is his word. It says, they of Ephraim shall be a mighty man, and their hearts shall rejoice as through wine. Yea, their children shall see it and be glad, and their hearts shall rejoice in the Lord. And I will hiss for them. I don't know what hiss is. And gather them, for I have redeemed them, and they shall increase as they have increased. Well, let's, okay, that verse in itself, I'll hiss for them. Okay. All right. When you trust God totally, and you're filled with joy, your children can see it if they're living with you. But they will also feel it in the supernatural, and they can turn. Because God promises he will hiss for them. What does that mean? He'll, he'll signal for them. He'll put somebody in their life. He'll, he'll, he'll say, Psst, come here. <laughs> he'll send angels to do it. And they'll come running. What about our speaker that's coming? That's right. The 22nd. Right. He was doing drugs on the California beach. <laughs> it was his term to go to the shanty and, and shoot up in the bathroom. And when they did, his mother and dad were praying for him. They were Christians. And, and all of a sudden, an angel appeared to him and said, go home right now. And he did it. He was so shocked because he saw the angel. Now, this man knows a lot about angels. He's had a lot of appearances from that. Uh, you know, even, even praying for your children. Kenneth Hagin. How many people know Kenneth Hagin? Anyway. <laughs> So his son was in Vietnam, yeah. Kenneth Hagin Jr., who's taken over the ministry now. And they, one night, they were going, another story, they were going, uh, hey, just a bunch of them rented motorcycles, and they went up in the mountains, and they were just, you know, having fun yeah. as young guys. And, um, and they, okay, there was this one mountain, and it was a cliff straight down. <laughs> And he was going really fast, and he went around, and he, they, they all saw it. All his friends saw it. He went in, in midair and did not go down. But Kenneth Hagin said right before that, just like he did, he got intercession. 
He got, I got to pray for him. I got to pray for him. I got to pray for him. And he got alone and he prayed for him. And they all, his friends said, it happened. They saw it and they went, oh, you know, they were all shocked. <laughs> but he, yeah, and they checked the tire print and they saw where it went off. Yeah, they checked tire prints. And when it came back on, God protects our children. See, he, he knows how to get a signal for the ones of his people you are praying for. For the people you are praying for. No matter how bad that child has fallen into wickedness, God can still reach them because of your covenant with God. Nothing is impossible with God. You know what? I always like to add this other scripture. Nothing is impossible to him who believes. The word of God. Okay, Isaiah 43, 5 through 8. I wrote it out. Hope I can read it. <laughs> okay, fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and gather you from the west. In other words, you're, you're gonna, he's gathering you so you'll meet him. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, keep them not back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Even God, who is called by my name, even, maybe it's even, oh, oh, even the ones that are called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, whom I have made. He's calling them. Jeremiah 30, verse 10. And I wrote that one out too. There's, I started though in the middle of it. Uh, Therefore, fear not, saith the Lord, neither be dismayed, for I will save you and your seed from afar and from the land of their captivity. And that captivity could be that they're on drugs, they're alcoholics, they're whatever, prostitutes. They've been sex trafficked. Maybe they can't help it. They're in captivity. You know what I mean? They've been kidnapped. How many? That, that has to be one of the worst. Oh. Whew. To think that your child is gone. One time, Mike was gone. <laughs> for a while, we had the whole neighborhood looking for him. He was asleep in the car in the garage. <laughs> I was panicky, though. Oh, my gosh. This is out in the country. We were... <sighs> this went on for hours, though. <sighs> I was so, I finally went in the garage. I don't know why God, the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't a Christian then, really. You know. Okay. But God knows how to get someone's attention. You know what? He can speak to them right out loud, like he did to that, that guy, that the speaker. That speaker is 71 years old. He was in his 20s when that happened. He did that to Saul, right? Who later was renamed Paul. Philippians 3.12 says, I am apprehended by Christ Jesus. You could say that, apprehend them. What does apprehend mean? It means they're captured or arrested by Christ Jesus. God, arrest them. <laughs> Capture them. See, God captured Paul's attention. 
And the last thing that Paul wanted to do was to be a follower of Jesus because he thought this Christianity was coming against the Jewish religion and he was actually putting people to death because of it. He was separating families. And I don't know if he was even putting the kids to death. I don't know. He was a declared enemy of Jesus. But God was able to capture him. Right? Anyway. See, he, he knows how to capture your children. He knows when to capture your children. You know, you weren't in your prayer closet when he, when he captured you. Right? I wasn't. <laughs> you know, some of you were baby Christians from the time you were little. But me wasn't. <laughs> A lot of people in here were not. See, until then, stand in faith for them no matter what they get into, no matter how far off track they get. You know what? The one thing you've got to watch, and we've all, do not say even what they're doing. But you're giving them more room for the devil to come in. Uh, I've been guilty of that, or not, you know, but you say what, say what the word says. And hold yourself back from it because you're giving the devil entrance. Say what the Bible says about them and watch your words. See, keep your eyes focused on the covenant mercy of God. Not on what they're doing. And treat them with love. Another Kenneth Hagin story. I, I didn't put these in here, but they're coming back to me because I read all his books. Yeah. He, there was his mother, he was preaching, and his mother came up to him, and she said, my son goes out every night, and he stays out late, and he's running around with bad kids, and he's, he's doing, you know, whatever, that he's drinking, and he's a teenager, blah, 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 and he says, I want him to be saved. Will you pray? And Kenneth Hagin said, no. <laughs> Not until you line up your words with the word of God. And he says, you, you are speaking it into existence, ma'am. He was frank with her. And he says, from now on, and she started to cry. And then she says, well, what should I do? She said, treat him with love, no matter what he's doing. And th there's more to the story. He, okay, so the kid, would, you know, he'd come home at 3 o'clock in the morning. She actually fixed breakfast for him. His favorite, one of the favorite things that he liked. And, I mean, he was shocked. Well, let's put it this way. T to make a long story short, he turned into a preacher. <laughs> and he says, Mom, I just can't run around with them. One night he came home, 5 o'clock in the morning, and he said, I can't run around with these guys anymore. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> it worked. So don't ever give up on your child. And if you've gotten weak and discouraged, get some fire back in you. Dig into the word of God. Dig out the promises he's given for your children. And you have to lay hold of them. But you've got to lay hold of those promises and don't let go. And it talks about that in Hebrews. See, learn to call things that be not as though they were, Romans 4, 17. Yes. Abraham had to do that, right? Yes. 
or he'd have never had a child. You have a covenant with God, and it covers your children. So you know what? Rejoice. God is faithful to you. And one day your boy or girl will be going out there, going or you know, doing their business and, and, and their own thing, and all of a sudden, psst, come here. And they'll hear the voice of God. And you can count on it if you speak. Now, I'm, t- I'm talking to myself, too. Think, well, not that I have children, that are, but I'm talking about other people, too. Think, if, speak things that be not as though they were. Speak what the Word of God says, and when that happens, they'll come running. And when you ha- hear bad news about your children or see them do something that hurts your heart, and I wrote this down. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I ask you, Lord, to send the Lord of the harvest to my children to send laborers into their life. And I thank you that your tender mercy hovers over my children. I thank you, Lord, that he is born again and filled with your spirit and obedient to you. I thank you that your word is in their mouth. That's Isaiah 59, 21, the one we first said, the very first one. That they are taught by your spirit, and great is their peace and undisturbed composure. That's that's Isaiah 54, 13. I am not moved by what I feel or see. And that's faith. I'm moved by your word, and I call it done in the name of Jesus. I'm going to give you some scriptures now. You can just write down the, where they're at, and I'm going to read them. I, she doesn't have to put them up there for sake of time. Anyway, oh. Jeremiah 31, 16, and 17. You know, one time we had a card from Kenneth Colton, and all this was in there. But that was way back, like 1980s. I'd like to find that again. Okay, this is what it says. Restrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears. For your work with God shall be rewarded, says the Lord, and your children shall return from the enemy's land. And there is hope for the future. And they shall come again to their own country, their own land, their own home. Okay, here's another one. Proverbs eleven twenty one. The seed of the righteous shall be delivered. That's all you have to say. Because you're born again, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He ex- this is so huge to me. He took my sins and exchanged. Huh, he gave me his righteousness and I gave him my sins. What a... Boy, he got taken... <laughs> no, that's the truth. This okay, Second Corinthians five twenty one says Jesus became sin for us, although he never do any sin, that I might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. <laughs> he became sin. It was the great exchange. Here, you take my sins and I'll give you my righteousness. Oh my gosh, when I stop it, and I mean, he took him on the cross, and he died a horrible death 
And so then we don't believe it. I've been there. That's why I know all this stuff. <laughs> Everything I tell you, I've experienced. So, okay. But there's a scripture, Proverbs eleven twenty one. the seed, at the end of it, it says, the seed of the righteous will be delivered. Okay, Proverbs 14, 26. In the reverent fear of the Lord. Now that's you reverencing the Lord. Not fakey. Not just leaving it go. Not doing it in a religious way, but intimacy with them. Say, God, I love you. I, I just, you know. In the reverent fear of the Lord is strong confidence. You get confident. And his children shall have a place of refuge. They'll have a place of refuge because of your relationship with God. Psalm 112, 1 and 2. Say this one every day. You know Noel Ramos? He had trouble too with his kids. And, and, he, um, and he said he used Psalm 112 and Psalm 91 every single day. But Psalm 112, 1 and 2 said, Blessed is the man that reverences or fears the Lord and that delights greatly in his commands. You know what? Okay. So this is the Old Testament here, but that the commandments, I need to tell you this, there are commands in the New Testament. Yeah. Such as rejoice in the Lord always. I woke up depressed. And so that scripture goes, rejoice. Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Knock it off. <laughs> let, let your gentleness be made known to all men. For the Lord is at hand. Do not be fearful. Or this is how I say it. Fearful or stressed out or anxious or upset about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, supplication is bearing your heart to God. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And guess what happens? The peace of God that passes all understanding shall mount and guard your heart in Christ Jesus. And then it says, finally, brethren. <laughs> you hear me? Finally. Whatsoever things are true, what, what's true? The word of God's true, not your circumstance. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are, are honest and lovely and just and of a good report, think on these things. <laughs> and see, see, that's a psychology scripture. He's telling, he, and the, it's actually a command. Okay, so, okay, well, I was taught, blessed is the man that fears the Lord and delights greatly in his commands. His she seed shall be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. You know what the next verse says? Wealth and riches shall be in your house, and your righteousness will endure forever. To your great, 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 Great-grandchildren. That's how I look at it. Your righteousness will endure. It's going to go down the line. But if you're faking, I'm just going to keep saying it. 
If you're not doing the commands of God and you're, you're not having that intimacy with God, then it's, it goes back into religion. Okay, Psalm 144, 11 and 12. Psalm 144, 11 and 12. Rescue my children from the hands of those whose mouths speak deceit and lies, that our sons will be like well-nurtured plants grown large in their youth and our daughters as pillars that adorn a palace. Okay, so Psalm 147, verse 3. And maybe there was, you know, things that happened and they were hurt. God heals, that's Psalm 147, verse 3. God heals the brokenhearted and rejected and binds their wounds, curing their pain and their sorrow. They're hurt. Um, Isaiah 25, 49. God says, I will contend with him who contends with you and save your children. He'll fight with those who fight with you and save your children. Isaiah 54, 13, and I did say that before, but it says, all your children shall be disciples of the Lord and obedient to his will and great shall be the peace an undisturbed composure of your children. Just say they're disciples, they're disciplined followers of the Lord, whether they are or not. Isaiah 54, 13. Um, let's see. Psalm 103, verse 20. I wrote that down this morning. I thought, well, how come I left that one out? <laughs> Bless the Lord, all you angels that excel in strength, that do God's commands, or his word, Hearkening unto the voice of his word. Angels, go get them. Angels, surround them. Put the blood of Jesus over and around them. I don't care if they're laying in the street <laughs> right now. How about Psalm 91? <laughs> Angels, I ask you to bear my children up in, their in your hands. Least they dash their foot against a stone. And I put, bring them home. <laughs> okay, another one is 2 Timothy 2.26. Say the whole Psalm 91 for him. <laughs> As Noel said, he used Psalm 91 every day in Psalm 112. Um, oh, 2 Timothy 2.26. I pray that my children will recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, out of the, okay, the snare or captivity of the devil, and come to their senses that they may do God's will. I said that a lot of times. Yeah, and there's, there's even more. Did you know this? That Kenneth Copeland's son, and he came right out and said it so I can say it, Kenneth Copeland said at one time when he was a teenager, he was doing, he actually was doing, uh, I don't know if it was meth or heroin or he was starting, he was starting to get involved with some bad kids. And his dad found out and 
so he and Gloria, one afternoon, they laid on the bed and they looked up every child's scripture in the Bible. And see, that's where we got that. And, you know, he's part of the ministry now. <laughs> he's the administrator of the ministry or whatever. Um, and you know what? But they treated him with a lot of love. It's That is a work. Honest to God, it does not work. You know what? Just love. Love conquers a multitude of sin. Yep. Love will work. He actually bought him a new car. <laughs> or a new motor. I don't know what he bought him. But, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that's the end of that second sermon. <laughs> I give just a little bit. <laughs> okay, where is the third one? I don't even know where it's at. <laughs> and, it, and it's about mothers. Okay, I had it open. Nope, that's children. <laughs> Why didn't I have it ready? Okay, I'm I just going to tell, and we'll, we'll make this brief, because I want to pray for all the mothers also. Um, hallelujah. Why, why did I have this? I should have put a little thing in it. Mothers, mothers, mothers. Hmm. Well, wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have some good notes on it. <laughs> Let's see. Thank you, Father. You know what? I might not have even brought the notebook. Maybe I wasn't supposed to do it. <laughs> I, I was talking about though the, how mothers can be like the, um, or not just mothers, women, yeah. a reflection of the body of Christ. We're talking about the kingdom of God a lot. And they can be like the bride of Christ. Now, I realize that in Revelation, it does say that the new Jerusalem is the bride of Jesus. But who's in the new Jerusalem? We are. The body of Christ, the ecclesia. The ecclesia are the remnant church that are still following in faith and carrying out, actually, Kenneth Hagin's vision that he had to the bringing back the Lord. And knowing how to bring the bringing back the Lord, bringing the Lord to take us up, and he had that vision, and that was his goal. And it's it's a lot of churches, even the ones that he had, went off base, and and started to be user friendly, and took out a lot of things, and became more, you know, the songs became whoopie doo. Okay, smoke is fine and dandy, but it's a Fake Shekinah glory. I want the real stuff. And I never realized this, that we never did that because that I was so against. I, even anything I knew, they took out, okay, they began to even say that, that uh, 
First John, the first chapter of First John was not even part of the Bible. And when John wrote it, if you count, there's we in there. We, he was talking about him and the disciples. <laughs> 20 times, 40, I don't know, there was a lot of times. And in that scripture says, uh, if I confess my sins, there's a lot in First John, First John 1. Um, there were things like, you know, every, sure you people like this, but it's catering to your flesh. See, I didn't plan to say all this. But it caters to, oh, let's have a 15-minute sermon, and then let's show a video because people's attention span can't last that long. Well, learn how to keep it that long. Discipline yourself. Quit babying yourself. I've been exhausted, and I sat on the edge of my chair because so I would not sleep so I could hear because impartation comes to you. <laughs> And they would show videos. So they would expand that. And then maybe say a little bit more. Then they started to take out the blood of Jesus out of the songs because it's too gross. Well, look at the gross junk on TV. Oh, I could tell you a whole bunch of stuff. that, And, and I know for a fact because one of my kids went to a user-friendly church in Omaha. And, I, and okay, so the person, see, and even the the way people dressed was weighed down and not reverencing the, I, I can't do that. Okay. Um, what, okay. They went, okay. So in comes the pastor with, with just real play clothes on and shorts and, and all that and a golf ball. And the first thing he did was take his golf ball and shoot it across the whole <laughs> And there were 800 people in that church. It's starting, it started to fall. And that's in Omaha. And, and, and there were just a lot of, sure, it's easy. If you really want to conquer, if you really want to be healed and to, to go up and rise up to a higher place in God, then don't baby yourself. Well, it's easier, it's shorter, it's this, it's that. Go to Keith Moore's church. <laughs> he is marvelous. I mean, he's one of the uh, top, top people I love. <laughs> you the services, too. Well, look at Nancy Dufresne's. <laughs> two hours. <laughs> you know? See, if it's Holy Spirit filled, it, it'll be right. Anyway, you know, I got to thinking about, I found it. <laughs> It doesn't look like the right one. Okay, I just okay. God, I, okay, I was strong women in the Bible. I wanted to make this for women too. Just you know that. Okay, God the Father prepared a body for His Son Jesus and chose a godly woman to bring it in the earth called Mary. Right? Okay. Anybody ever hear of the Shunammite woman? Yeah. In the Old Testament, she she uh, she honored Elisha, you know, and who was a prophet. And she made him a room and stuff. And she said, he said, what can I do for you? I, well, and then his servant said, I've heard her say she's never had any children. And he prayed for her and she had a, a boy. Well, later when that boy was about eight or 10 years old, dad took him out 
into the fields to help work, and the sun was really hot, and he got a sunstroke and died, the child. But she, she went, she wanted to go to Elisha, and so she, she told her servants, get the camp, whatever, ready, the donkeys, and I got to go to Elisha. And they said, why? And she said, it is well with my soul. She would not say he was dead. She had faith. <laughs> and even when she met Elisha, you know, his servant said, well, Elisha said, oh, just take care of her, you know. And no, she said, I want Elisha. And uh, he, he raised the boy from the dead anyway. But even when she got to Elisha, she fell on his feet. And he says, what, what ails you? And she said, it is well with my soul. She would not say it because she knew that if she said death, then she was reconciled. Death is huge. <laughs> okay. So, man, that's in the Old Testament. She was full of faith. She trusted God. Okay, Sarah, Abram's wife, Hebrews 11, 11 says, through faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and delivered a child when she was past age. Because she judged God faithful who had promised. Amen. She wasn't even born again. Deborah, I always liked this one. Deborah was a judge in the Old Testament. And she led an army of men into battle and won. Oh, I like that one. I'm sorry. Okay. One time, Elsie Poppin gave me a picture of Deborah. It's in my office. Mary Magdalene, she was delivered of seven devils. She washed Jesus' feet with her hair with expensive perfume that was a year's wages and was the first one Jesus appeared to after he was resurrected. He appeared to a woman. Many women ministered to Jesus while he was on the earth and financed him. Philip, in the book of Acts, he had four daughters who prophesied. Priscilla was the pastor. Of, she had a husband, Priscilla and Aquila, but Priscilla was the pastor of the church. I found out from history. How about the Proverbs 31 woman? And I got all kinds of stuff on that one. Esther was a queen who saved the Jews from being annihilated. Rahab was a harlot, a prostitute. And she hid the Jewish spies and saved her whole family from destruction and death. And Jesus was a descendant of a prostitute. That's how much God will forgive you and love you. Jesus, he was a, it's, he's part of the lineage of a prostitute. Yeah. All, all you have to do, I know that just thrills me. Let's see. Uh, Esther was a queen that was willing to give her life to save the Israelites. And she did save them from being wiped out. Okay. I mean, there's just so many. There's Ruth in the Bible. Okay, and so, and I'll try to make this brief because now it's getting there. <laughs> uh, well, I wanted to parallel the, the creation of man and woman with the marriage of the bride of Christ and the bridegroom. And so God's, just know this, God's plan from the beginning was that men and women should take dominion and subdue the earth. 
And in Genesis 1, 26 through 28, he told them to do that. Okay, I've, you know what, that scripture I really want to read, though. Okay, Genesis 1, yeah, 26. God said, let us. Guess who us was? This is in Genesis. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us make mankind in our image. We're the only ones. The angels don't look like God. We do, though. After our likeness, and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the beasts, the mosquitoes, <laughs> the spiders, the, the wasps. You know, you need to take authority. You'd be surprised what happens. And over all the earth and over everything that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God created he them, male and female created he them. So we're even the females. <laughs> okay. So, so um, all right. So together they were supposed to complement God in the earth. You know, and, and they were supposed to compensate each other. But both of them were disobedience. And Adam was supposed to be the head and watch over her. And he didn't say a cotton-picked thing when she said, you know. It might not have even happened that the garden was closed if, if Adam would have said, Eve, you weren't supposed to eat the apple, but you ate it. But okay, but I am not going to eat it because God said not to or whatever it was. Okay, so, and so she, though, she, you know, Satan, okay, they both obeyed, and Satan had a hatred for, put up 3.15, Genesis 3.14 and 15. This is interesting, I have lots more stuff on this, because, whew, um, okay, anyway, because of this verse, Satan hated women, and that oppression started to come in, and that's why in some countries, I mean, you know, they, they're told to marry, and then they're told to, do you ever watch that movie where a woman from the United States actually married somebody, um, and she went over there, finally, over to one of those countries, I don't know, and she was definitely oppressed because his family, he was nice to her in the United States. As soon as he got us around his family, he said, you wear a veil. You put that over your, your nose and all, all that stuff. And he started to be mean to her. That demonic spirit came on there. And I mean, they will get to a point if they don't like their wife, they will, they'll tie her up, cover her with gas and burn her to death. And there's all kinds of beatings and stuff like, I mean, it's oppression of women. And even now, like some aren't, okay. But see, us women should not act, want to be like men either. God made us as women. Anyway, I'm getting, yeah, that's just a little, I got all kinds of notes on that stuff. Be feminine. 
And the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are because he tempted Adam and Eve, you are cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field and upon your belly. He had legs. He had legs. Hey, right there. He said snake. He was a snake, but the snakes had legs at one time. And he said, you're going to crawl on your belly and the dust you shall eat all the days of your life. Go to 15. 15. Okay. And I will put enmity, I will put strife and division between you and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. The seed of the woman, the, seed, the woman doesn't have any seed. The man has the seed. And he couldn't figure out what, what that was. The seed, it was the seed of the word of God that came into her womb and life came in. I've got a whole sermon on that. I usually give it at Christmas. Yeah. Uh, it shall bruise your head. Her seed is going to bruise your head. And I put what that meant. Crush, totally defeat, paralyze, and dismantle. The cross did that to Jesus, to, uh, to Satan. But it will bruise, and you, Satan, will bruise Jesus' heel. It was, his heels were bruised on the cross. Okay, so the promise was the seed. The woman would someday crush the serpent's head. And so that really bothered Satan. He kept looking. Who is it? What is it? What does that mean? All through the earth. Okay, now, men and women are one, but they're different. And so men should show the male characteristics of God through the Son of God and what he looks like and what he acts like and, and women, how the characteristics of the bride of Christ. But see, that bride of Christ is the church. But everything that describes and is written about the body of Christ in feminine, it's, it's all said in feminine, it's called a she all the time. The church is called a her, a she. It's feminine terminology. Isn't that something? It even says, yeah, wisdom is a she. Says that. <laughs> now, I'm not trying to put down. But see, if both men and women, though, acted like this, the Son of God and the Bride of Christ, even our actions would speak and teach how to be Christ-like for others. See, God wants us to take authority over the powers of darkness. Everybody's waiting for God. He's turned it over to us. So people will receive Jesus and we're to be models and players in a supernatural church on the earth, born again and operating in a never-ending kingdom of God. The kingdom that we've been placed in, we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness when we got born again to the kingdom of God. And we are walking in that kingdom and we should be, but most of us put our feet in the world all the time. We get our answers from the world on everything. For Don't stop it. I mean, I'm just preaching this because it's the truth. You know why our country's in the position it's in? Because the body of Christ has not taken their place in the kingdom of God and taken authority. 
because they think that God, it's been preached wrong too. So um, anyway, God made a woman. I have so many toes here. Uh, and it's not, he said, it's, he made a helpmeet, and it was the woman. But it wasn't, a helpmeet shouldn't be an agreemeet. Agreemeet? <laughs> Get it? 23 times in the Old Testament, it, he means a helper who comes alongside and never a subordinate who is in the back. Carry, <laughs> this one English lady said, carrying the suitcases. <laughs> 17 times it means God coming to help, which would be the Holy Spirit. Led by like a Holy Spirit helper. See, Jesus wants the bride to reflect his goodness and kindness and mercy and compassion and strength. We're not to be acting like men or try to be controlling. They're not to be in competition. That's a Jezebel spirit. And that thing is evil. But God is wooing and call, calling women. We're privileged to be of them. So that we can show the glory of God in church. Because women were made for men. But, and the bride of Christ was made for Jesus. And it goes against that stupid feminist movement. And the attitude. That is demonic. But you know what? We're free. And it's el it, to be a woman and to be submissive to your husband is elevating. It's not demeaning. I'm going to say something about that too. Uh, okay. Okay. Do know this too though. All, all creation was made out of dust. Except the woman was made out of the side of man. <laughs> and it, it, you know, when, when I marry you, Ashley, <laughs> we're going to, I always say, and she was made, I don't know what I say exactly, but um, out of, um, that she was made not to be in back of him or under his feet, but at his side, because she was, came out of his side as a helper meet. <laughs> okay, now, really, a woman is a man with a womb. Woman <laughs> for birthing. And that's the same thing the church should be doing on the earth, birthing more Christians. And the church is the godly seed of Jesus, and everything without God is useless. Our gifts, our abilities, our big businesses, our big money we're making, it's useless without God. And submission is not supposed to demean a woman but make her equal with a man. When we submit to God, he can protect us. When we submit to a good husband, he can protect us. And blessings come on us. See, the church is to be submissive to Christ. And the powers of darkness want to destroy us. And so when we disobey God, we open the door to the devil to attack us. So God can send, he can send his angels to protect us when we submit to what he says. And I know I'm talking to single people too. A lot of single people, you may have been divorced. Your husband may have died. See, a husband though is supposed to protect and promote, provide for his wife and children. 
And so many get that wrong impression about submission. But, you know, you, you, feel, you feel more protected. You feel good. You feel like being a woman. By a woman being a reflection of the bride of Christ. Slow down, Jack. <laughs> it, it shows what the glorious God looks like. See, the heart attitude is that she wants to get to a place of fruitfulness to help bring in the harvest. And the women under the covering of their husband, the church is under the protection of his wings. Ah, where is that? Okay, there's part I said. If you do not have a husband, if you've been divorced, or whatever it is, okay, I showed this to somebody last week. Isaiah, put up Isaiah 54, 4 through 6. This one I went up. Mm -hmm. See, I'd forgotten that. I was going towards the end of it. Trying to go fast. Okay, Isaiah 54, 4 through 6. It's 54. Oh, Isaiah. Yeah, you're right. It is 50. Yeah, you're right. I thought he meant Isaiah 55. You know, I like I like uh, start with verse four. <laughs> okay, yeah. Fear not, for you shall not be ashamed. Neither shall you be confused, confounded, and depressed. For you shall not be put to shame. For you shall forget the shame of your youth. Who knows? You know, somebody might have rejected you, and you shall not seriously remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband. Your maker's your husband. Your maker's your husband. Your maker's your husband now. See, her husband passed. Your maker's your husband. I can point out someone here. And even if your husband isn't born again or whatever, not following God, you know, your maker can be your husband, but you treat, treat that other one because the woman, by her godliness, can pull him in. The Lord of hosts is his name, your husband. The Lord of hosts, that's the warrior God that leads the angels. And the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. The God of the whole earth, he is called. That's your husband. For the Lord has called you like a woman forsaken, grieved in spirit and heart sore, even a wife wooed and won in youth, when she is later refused and scorned, says your God. But he can be your husband. Okay, I skipped that part before, but okay, I got it in there. Good. Now, so I was talking, so be submissive to God. Boy, he'll never fail you. <laughs> but submission is a heart attitude of longing, desire, intimacy, of wanting to serve or be for someone else. And, you know, I know that women as wives, sometimes you, you want to do that. Jesus wanted his bride so much he paid the price with his blood. And the outpouring of God's spirit is, is pulling us to be more and more intimate with God. The church on earth is growing up to see our purpose. It's growing up. Anyway, our church is going to grow up. <laughs> and God is it, 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 he's preparing our hearts 
to long for him, to be passionate for him. See, how much time do you give to just enjoy God? All, everybody, for men too, just, just sit there and know him and praise and worship him. And I mean, you can get to the point when you read a scripture, you cry. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Honor him, thank him, love him, and be still. And he'll, you'll hear him speak to you. Learn to be a bride to the bridegroom like married people enjoy each other. See, worship means, and our, that's extravagant love. So you can't get it from the outside. It has to be in your heart. Can't fake it. It can't be. And it has to be in your heart 24-7. Because you, you know what? You talk to him all day long in a way. You're drawn to him because you love him and want to communicate. See, the bride is beautiful. She is a lover. And when you stay in God's presence, you become beautiful. Because God is beautiful and his beauty comes on you. You're light. You get lighter and lighter and that beauty is challenging to the demons. Let me tell you, you might go into a room, if you've been intimate with God, go into some place and the demons will flee. I knew this, Sandy was her name? Sandy Brown, yeah. She was a playboy bunny in Las Vegas. And she got born again. And she was, she was a powerful evangelist, really. She became an evangelist. Yeah, and she came to the church in Omaha way back. And, and, you know, she said one time she went in deliberately into a mall where it was totally witchcraft store. And she could see, she, she saw in the spirit. And she says, out of here came like swords. And they were going, cutting the darkness up. She saw it. <laughs> see, light. You're light. But be that way. It's fun. It's funner than being this puny little Christian. Got one foot in the world, one foot in God. You know, it's not, it's not as much fun. And that's why you get sick of it and it turns to religion. You don't even like it. You get bored. You don't read the Bible anymore. You don't pray anymore. <laughs> See, so both men and women must model what God wants for others to see and imitate. And just being an example is one of the greatest witnesses in the world. Okay, now back to mothers. Mothers are very important individuals in our lives, and they have an awesome responsibility. There are many joys, challenges, heartaches, laughter for a mother. Father is the head of the home, or should be. However, if you know more spiritually, take it. Otherwise, your kids will never learn it. <laughs> the mother is, a lot of times, the heart of the home. They asked a child once, where is your home? And then, you know what, what that little child said? Where mother is. Where mama is. <laughs> Isn't that cute? <laughs> See, God has endowed mothers with spiritual special traits that qualify they're for strenuous <laughs> and honorable task. That's why you have your babies when you're young. It's like, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't even lift one of those things. All my kids, when they were born, they didn't have that. You never had seatbelts in a car, <laughs> even. 
Okay, but the mother sets the atmosphere of the home and fills it with joy, music, and laughter. Sometimes no one knows what to wear without mom. I don't know. Or she sees to it, it's washed. When mom's not there, well, I don't know if this is all true now, though a proper diet is never followed. <laughs> and she's the only person who can divide her love among many children and still give each child her love. And mothers have a powerful influence on children and need to recognize it because they will learn more about God in their home than any other place. That's right. You can send them to Christian school. You can send them to church. And, but they're going to learn it at home. I've seen it. I've seen the results. Where you live for 82 years, you, you see what, what, just like that school. If it wasn't in the home, it doesn't. They eventually. Our attitude and the values to live by are teaching our children how important or unimportant God is. Children usually come to mothers many times to solve problems, and that's when you pray and ask for answers. And I actually put down here, and it, John 14, but it, but it actually is giving the, the names of the Holy Spirit. And you can be that. He's an advocate, like a lawyer. You speak the word. There is a heavenly courtroom. There is absolutely a heavenly courtroom. Everything that's on earth has been given come down and the the uh, holy spirit is a lawyer for you when you speak the word and he'll see that justice is given to you but you have to be intimate with him okay he's an advocate he's a counselor he will counsel you better than any counselor that's been trained you know why because he deals with your spirit and they deal with your soul i said that wrong once feel Months ago. Okay. <laughs> I do. I remember saying it wrong now. <laughs> he deals with your spirit, and that's where lies the root of sickness and disease and all kinds of mental problems in the spirit. Something happened down the line. Okay. Counselor, comforter. Go to him for comfort. He's your helper. He'll help you out of it. He does you maybe you sin. He'll help you out of the sin. Helper, uh, uh, intercessor. He prays for you. He strengthens you. He stands by you. I'm almost done. So he gives you words to comfort and guide. And you've got to teach them how to listen to the Holy Spirit for themselves. Mothers are special, though. If your mother is still living, express your lift. And your love. Give her a gift today. Yeah. And if you don't have any gift, go get some flowers. <laughs> or something. Unless they, she doesn't like flowers. She's allergic to flowers. <laughs> There's somebody, I, somebody we know, and I can't, this is funny though, that he was a mortician. Or worked in a in a you know, in, yeah, funeral home, and and uh, they were ordering flowers, and they said the guy was dead, <laughs> and they said, well, we can't have any flowers in here because he's allergic to flowers. I was like, what? <laughs> he did. He said that. So what? 
you never know. <laughs> but let you, so there was a survey conducted among children, and they said they would choose the love and approval of their mother over money, fame, or positions. Possessions. I'm going too fast. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> okay, what we're going to do is just, okay. When you impart with a blessing, and I'm not going to say a bunch of words, but I want to pray for all the mothers. <laughs> um, uh, but and a, a blessing will be imparted to you for strength, to be the bride of Christ, to be the mother that God wants you to be. And if anybody's pregnant, come up because you already have a child there. <laughs> so unless you're a man, I won't accept you. <laughs> well, you can't be serious. <laughs> And then we have a gift for each and every one of you back there. It's flowers, cookie, um, little books that, you know, that we got out of the bookstore that normally cost two bucks, two bucks a piece or whatever they are, 250 Yeah. So um, after you're done, you are all dismissed and you can go back there and get that. And I need. Amen. Amen. That's good. That's you're you're receiving. Yeah, Father, thank you for the blessing on her. Okay. Thank you, Father, for that blessing. You're blessed going in. You're blessed going out. Everything you set your hands to and your work's not done. You are not done. So get on it. Amen. Thank you. Blessing, Lord. Thank you, Father. You who are receiving blessing on her. Thank you. Thank you. Bless. Bless. I'm holding on to you. Okay. Let me go ahead. Settle down here. Thank you, Father. The anointing is strong. It is coming from the Lord, not me. Thank you, Father, for blessing her. God, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing of the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, God. Blessed hands. Thank you for the blessing on you. Thank you. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you for blessing her, Lord God. And thank you for blessing this Lori. Yes, it's going to get better and better and better for you, says the Lord. Better and better. <laughs> and it is. And, and you know what? Keep doing that with your son. Okay? You're a beautiful woman of God. Thank <laughs> you.
Thank you, Father. Yeah, your your work is done either, is it? <laughs> Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the blessing. Thank you for the heritage coming down the line and the hair your work isn't done either <laughs> if mine isn't yours I is it <laughs> you always were good you could have so many souls in heaven thank you wow yeah. and you really and you led her to the lord two men in the here's our evangelist too thank you father thank you father that you heal her body totally, completely, God, that she can continue to do this work in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Yes, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Jill, yeah. Yeah, from Lincoln. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for coming. So, Father God, I thank you, Father, that you just bless her. Bless her, Lord God. You bless going in, bless going out. Everything she sets these hands to. They shall prosper. Everything she touches, that's an impartation to you. You know, it says in uh, Romans 1, and it says, impart to others by laying hands on them spiritual gifts to the end they may be established in you. And so, God, I ask you to bless her. Bless her, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Bless, 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 bless. And with healing in that body. Yes. So thank you, Father. Impartation. Impartation. Whoa. you got a lot to do yet. Thank you, Father. You
someone said once, our church wouldn't be known so much for the sermons, but for the power. <laughs> the power of God that comes on people. Hallelujah. Father, things are happening. We're going to go through that open door. I already went through it yesterday morning. We're going through. We're going through. (laughs) Can't slow down. You keep rising high. But what it takes is people in the church, which nobody else can, can force people to do, but, but to be intimate with God. And no matter what's happening in your household, to have a daily, daily relationship, that's how the church will rise higher. I can't do that by myself. to go higher because God said we're entering a new door and there are many much opposition which happened but the more you get with the Lord the less the opposition is is, they can't cross the barrier and that's what protects you and protects you and your family amen books there too some places there's books in uh, if you know little books besides there's a lot of impact in those books yeah yeah all of you are sing a song what kind of song
him and and reading the word speaking the word over your children forgiving constantly whatever if if you have ought against anyone or even if you yourself you know you've done something that wasn't right god forgave all the sins when we got born again before we got born again but after we're born again see that was another fallacy of the new church or the new uh, user-friendly church that all your sins are already forgiven. And so it got into greasy grace that you don't have to do anything. God has already done everything. And you, you, we do. God has done his part. And now we need to do our part. We need to take authority. We need to believe what the word of God says about everything because it will bring a blessing on us and it will protect us. What did Kenneth Copeland say? He said, correction is coming to the church and it has come. And that correction, if you follow that correction and change it, it will give you direction. And if you take the direction and use the direction, it will give you protection. And what's the last one? perfection you will come you will come into perfection and it is those who are in perfection that will get rapture first and will escape the things on the earth it's going to be a revival and you're all going to be used in it god wants to use you he can't pastors can or fivefold ministers they can't do that all that we're here to train the saints. I mean, we'll do it too, but, but we need everybody. But it's a life of not just sloughing off, not coming to church sometimes, not, you know, like, oh, well, don't come for a month, and then, you know, and, and just, and don't give in to disease either and sickness. God is a healer. I got to fight that stuff all the time. Infirmity tries. Infirmity actually means the uh, weaknesses that try to come over your body in older age. And but God, it says Jesus took them. He'll that word took means obliterated them, wiped them out. So we've got to just stand on that and believe it. I have to fight the good fight of faith all the time. Hallelujah. Well, you are dismissed today, and don't forget to get your Mother's Day gift if you haven't gotten it. And um, and have a wonderful day. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, yes.